Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ale, fuego, fuego! Granada, Granada mía, barco de la morería. Ya están aquí, ya están aquí, los gitanicos del Arbeicí. Ya están aquí, ya están aquí, los calocillos del Arbeicí. I always feel slightly oppressed by beautiful vistas. You know what I mean? Granada mía. I took a walk through this beautiful world. Felt the cool rain on my shoulder. the storybook kingdom of Granada, one of the oldest, most complex, magically surreal places in Spain, and one of the most beautiful. Granada is tucked against the Sierra Nevada mountains of Andalusia in southern Spain. It's not like Barcelona. It's not like San Sebastian. It ain't Madrid. Any reasonable sentient person who looks at Spain, comes to Spain, eats in Spain, drinks in Spain, they're going to fall in love. Otherwise, there's something deeply wrong with you. (laughs) Spain's the sort of place that never really made any sense anyway, and in the very best possible way. This is the country that gave us the Spanish Inquisition, also anarchy. This is where devout Catholicism mixes with surrealism, modernist cuisine with traditional tapas. Christianity and Islam traded places, shared space, and the effects and influences of all those things are right here to see. You can almost look back through time and through the mists of history, see the Phoenicians marching up across the Vega. Or are those feral hippies? An influx of international hippies, many of whom appear to have set up squats in the caves up the mountain, have made things interesting. If they ask what we're doing, they say we're staging the moon landing. Wherever you are on the ideological spectrum, however, some things are constant, it seems. Some stereotypical expectations. It's true, there are free tapas everywhere. Yes, they do actually take siestas, which is a civilized damn thing to do, far as I can see. 
flamenco? Yes, they do that also. But in Granada, they do it old school. And oh yeah, bullfighting. They do that here too. But I digress. I'm here, actually, to answer a question. What happens if you go over to the other side? Say you grew up in the States and, like a lot of us, wondered, fantasized about what it would be like living abroad in old Europe, surrounded by crusader castles, delicious food, another language, another culture. What would that alternate life, that road not taken, be like? My longtime friend and cameraman from Maine, Zach Zamboni, is finding out. So where are we going? Uh, right here, one of these tables, which maybe we want to do like this with. See, how often do you get to go out with somebody that can <laughs> properly block the table? It's a misery, it's what it is. Oh boy. Gracias. Uh, uh, yes, of course. Snails in an almond sauce, about as traditional and as delicious as it gets. That's a plate full of perfect happiness. Good tapa, huh? That's right, tapas come from here. And this is still one of the few places in Spain where they're free. All you have to do is keep drinking. You can sit here all day. Just order in a couple of drinks and... Right. No rush. I plan on spending some time here. Red wine ordered. Tripes to follow. Tender, spicy, delicious tripe. Sun, plaza, guts. Pretty good. Hello. Hello. You're a geese, no? Not too long ago, before Zach basically defected to Spain, he met Fuen. And next thing you know, he's living here, part of an extended Andalusian family. Eating the ham, drinking the wine, living the life of the Spanish dandy. In freaking Granada, no less. Classically, culturally speaking, do you want a sensitive, nice, caring, thoughtful guy? Well, it depends on the woman first. <laughs> but usually we look for this kind of person that we know he will protect us. From what? Feral hippies? For example, you know, or... I would love to do the vows of your wedding. Do you, Zach Zamboni, <laughs> yeah. swear to protect Gwen Sanchez from any attacks by feral cave-dwelling hippies who might I attempt her to sell her jewelry or other things of little value? <laughs> it's actually pretty cool, but... <laughs> I figured now that Zach is marrying into a Spanish family, I can piggyback along for a bit, suck up a little of the magic, live a little bit of what has often been my dream, too. What if we can get weird for a second here, man? Oh, okay. Some places, do they have an energy, man, about them? What are you saying, man? I, you know, I don't want to get into metaphysics or, uh, you know, some places we go. You're going to be living up in them. Hey, you keep talking like this. <laughs> More wine. <laughs> to see Spain, to see it straight, to understand it at all, you should probably peek, if only through spread fingers, at that most Spanish of traditions. Bullfighting. Meet Alfandi, one of Spain's most dashing and respected bullfighters. He's invited me to La Marquesa's ranch, a private bull ring where he likes to practice. Yeah, hey, hey, so what they're gonna do now is they're gonna check how brave. And if the calf's not brave, stoop. Exactly. Along with me for the day, Fuen's brother, Alejandro, who like many Spaniards, consider bullfighting an art. Today, a little practice first. 
And don't worry, this guy is too young to fight. So this is the red cape, you know, this is the most important cape, where they make all the art, all the poetry. Exactly. All that. Why the cape, not the man? Because it's moving. So that's important. That's important. You don't want to be moving. You don't want to be moving at all. <laughs> it seems they, they get they get more attractive. More... <laughs> this guy clearly has spirit. Right away, he tries to take a poke at Zach's femoral artery. Promising. Ringo, now's your time. <laughs> I don't sure. think so. Sure. Now's your time. You and him. He's going to teach you. Yeah? Sure. Okay. No one likes to look like a pussy on TV. So when Alfandi jokingly suggests I join him in the ring to wave a pink cape at an aggressive young bull who just moments ago charged my cameraman, I said what any idiot would say. See? It all starts well enough. Hey, this is fun. This is easy. <laughs> Ooh. Until I get a horn hooked right up next to my nutsack. Then it's not so fun. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> this youngster shall live, perhaps to gore future TV hosts with his mighty horns. Now this, this is what a real bull looks like. This is a whole different thing. 500 freaking kilos of aggressive charging four-legged killdozer aiming at your meat and two veg. That's a lot of muscle. That's a lot of muscle. That's a big bull. How strong, how scary, for this intrepid reporter who's seen many animals die for his dinner, this part is never easy. So as you see, he puts the cape lower, so the bull brings the face forward, showing the neck. That's it. Go one. That was really good. And um, yeah, that's it. Hey, it's time for stew. Bull stew. Our friend went to a better place after all. Like a big pot where he simmered slowly for hours with local herbs, onions, and potatoes. Nothing like a roaring fire and a spread of Iberico ham, homemade chorizo, Spanish cheeses, bread, and good olive oil to take the sting out of a near genital mutilation. Nice. Looks good, eh? It's not a bad place to come, right? No. <laughs> <laughs>
Now he started uh, at age 19. Desde pequeño me ha encantado y siempre jugaba al toro, ¿no? Pero la primera vez que toré en público con toros pequeños fue con 14 años. If you were a little boy growing up, yeah. you aspired to be exactly. a bull fighter. The Matadors were the original rock stars, the very ideal of masculinity, male beauty, and grace. That runs deep. Like it or not, you should probably know this before dating a Spanish guy. Me, I'd happily see an end to it tomorrow. But there is no denying the terrible beauty of a very complex tradition. It's not about winning. It's not about killing the bull. It, and, and nor is it about being just skillful. No, no, you have to look good doing it, too. Yeah. Exactly. Are there any, like, really ugly-ass bullfighters? <laughs> like, a really out of shape? A matador with a muffin top. How do you call a muffin top? Hay algún matador con marina. Sí, no, todo se ve un poco. Todo 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 un This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number Smart Beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number Smart Beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra-processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff, and some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. Holy Week, or Semana Santa as it's called, observed all over southern Spain with a seriousness and a fervor you might not see elsewhere. For the seven days leading up to Easter, nearly every city in Andalusia gets taken over by ancient processions. To an outsider, it's an impenetrable montage of confusing, yet deeply evocative images. Figures in dark hoods loom up from every direction. Smoke pots of incense, candles, religious imagery, and the crowds. Flashes of Goya 
and Velazquez dimly remembered impressions of the Inquisition. Okay, watch this. These guys got to get their painstakingly crafted, massively sized, and incredibly heavy and cumbersome float through the door, down the steps, and out into the street. But the woman who escorted the Virgin, they were candles to light the whole way to the cathedral. Pedro is another of Fuen's brothers, the youngest. And when not working for an IT company in Ireland, he does this. He carries crushingly heavy religious floats. They're called castelleros, and they devote months of training to this. Man, that thing's huge. Yeah, they're moving. It's huge. And this is very, very heavy, very heavy throne. The Virgin float, about 3,500 pounds total, and precise dimensions that have to make it through the door just so. The bearers have to kneel, crawl along with it on their backs to get it through the door. In the main event, ready, set, up. Let's face it, I like a procession and all, but who likes a bunch of guys in hoods coming in your general direction? I don't. Frankly, it creeps me out. Time for a drink, perhaps. This is Tabernacle, as best I understand it, an Easter Jesus and Mary-themed drinking establishment where, between drinks, one can ponder the agony of the Christ, but with sausages. Is it like this all year or just over? It's the whole year. Whole year, it's always like this. The whole year, yeah. Wow. They have incense whole year, uh, Eastern music whole year. Now, is this a week for uh, quiet contemplation and worship, or is this a party week, or both? Both of them. Throughout the course of the week, over 40-odd processions will creep slowly through these streets. There are different brotherhoods, each with their own sacred colors, crests, insignia, and so on. It's their medallions and particular Christ images that adorn the bar. And frankly, they're kind of bumming me out. Maybe it's just me, but when I'm getting a nice late morning buzz, I don't particularly want Jesus looking down at me from, like, everywhere. How drunk can you get here? Don't you feel, like, a little guilty, like, getting really drunk here? Yeah, of course. Whoa, uh, morcilla. Morcilla. Uh, this is one of my favorite things. This is your favorite thing? Yeah. Try it. It's amazing. Gaze away disapprovingly all you like, Jesus. I am happy now. Overlooking Granada, the hillside of Sacramonte is riddled with caves, many of them older than anyone even remembers. Spanish gypsies, or gitanos, have lived here in caves turned homes like this for hundreds of years.
They call this a huerga, an informal, intimate, and spontaneous performance, what jazz musicians might recognize as a jam session. This is it, Granada. The only place in the world where you get to see real flamenco in a cave. Alicia, like just about everyone in Granada, is an aficionado. Our host, Kuro, is a poet, historian, and a patriarch of the Gitano community here, an icon of the flamenco world. Gitano, you can see traveler, Roma people, are more embraced by the culture here than most other places in Europe. Well, we have our own gypsies. <laughs> Those are ours. Yeah, well, I can tell you three things that we, for sure, we do here. We do flamenco, we do tapas, and we do siesta. Which <laughs> you do them well. Yeah, we know how to live, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> En el aire conmovido mueve la luna los brazos y enseña lúbrica y pura sus senos de duro estaño. Dentro de la fragua lloran dando gritos los gitanos. El aire la vela vela. El aire la está velando. Y como quiere, gitana que te quiera. Ay, 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 Temperamento puro, son la sangre que nos hierva los gitanos, visto cómo es. Tiene 16 años, Hacemos una música que es desde nuestra raíz. No se hacía preparado para hacerlo a los espectáculos. Era una música que se cantaba dentro. Tanto en la pena como en el llanto, como en la alegría, nosotros cantamos. They dig deep for their material here. It means something. They're telling you something about themselves. What's, what is the word? Duende. What is, ah, duende. What is, what is duende? I've heard it. What? Duende, el artista, llega a lo sublime. Is it an emotional state or a technical? No, 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 ay, no tiene que ser pasión. Se queda en éxtasis. Entonces pasa mucho cuando estás enamorado. Y es enamorado, pero no eres correspondido. Is unhappiness 
necessary for great art? Es necesaria para hacer un trabajo magnífico. Ooh, they didn't even have to think about that. Tienes que sufrir en ese momento. Luego también sale muy bien cuando está agustico. You perform very well after a couple of this. Right. I may not have duende, but I have Valentine's. Viene el duende cachondo. Un duende más cachondo. Cachondo. I know that expression. Wait a minute. <laughs> the assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. Nighttime in Granada. And it's time to pursue that greatest of Spanish traditions, tapas. You may think you know what a tapa is. Like if you've had small bites at some fusion hipster bar where they do a whole lot of little plates. Yeah, that ain't a tapa. So how often do you do this a week? I do it five days a week. It's, it's rare not to do this. But, you know, it's like on a weekend you come out for a bunch. Weekday, you come out for one. This is Latana, a little place run by sommelier Jesus and Luisa, brother and sister. One bartender, one cook, taking care of everything. Tapa is for free. That's the main issue of the tapa. So you're just paying for the wine? Exactly. So if I were like a degenerate rot wino, I could still eat well. As long as I can afford my wine, I'd eat. Cheers. Let us put this theory into practice. With our first round of drinks comes this. Salmorejo is tomato with bread, garlic, olive oil, and blended. Yeah, I can pretty much eat that all day long. That's right. Tapas are free. It shouldn't work, but somehow it does. Another drink, another tapa. Tomatoes, olive oil, bread. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Mm. And this tortilla for me is just amazing. So I just, all I gotta do is keep drinking and I'm gonna eat like they'll, a No, keep feeding you, yeah. Although, uh, I, maybe you'd be interested in caviar here. Really? Yeah. That's not included with my... Uh, well, that's another point of the tapas. Usually yeah. you have a few tapas and then, you know... You start to get hungry. Around. Yeah, exactly. Yes, for a portion. They're right. just hooking you in with it. So it's all a scam, man. It is a scam. Yeah, a little, couple of little nibbles, next thing you know, you're ordering uh, 200 grams of caviar. Caviar ain't free, my friend. Delicious, entirely sustainable Spanish caviar from farmed river sturgeon. It's fun that you can come into a place like this, get... Grand tomato. To yeah, or... Some high-test caviar. Oh, ho, ho. You guys are going to eat the whole thing in one <laughs> I'm gonna... Sorry, is there something wrong with that? Not even married yet. It's nag, nag, nag. <laughs> <laughs> Next place, let's do it. Ah, tapas. What a novel concept. There's even a verb for it. Tapayar, meaning to take tapas. As in, if we go to tapayar some more, we're gonna have to elbow past this crowd of Catholics here. 
Is it extra insane because it's Santa Samana? Yes, but it's always fizzy here, man. Oh boy. <laughs> the bar we were going is just on the other side. Maybe uh, we go around. With parades crisscrossing the city in every direction, the steady drumbeat warns that your route is about to be cut off entirely for the next 40 minutes. We can cross. We can cross. Zach, we have to go around. Where? Going around, going around, going around. But we need to walk fast. Perdón, perdón. Perdón, gracias. Perdón, señora. Es que no se puede, no se puede que estar paso ya aquí. Sí, pero no hay mucha gente, dos gente atrás. Es solamente aquí. Perdona. Perdón. People take their processions very seriously here and aren't exactly accommodating to anyone who threatens to block the view. That was amazing. Right? Yeah, cool. See, tell me there's not some duende in that music. Come on. It is some duende in that music. There is some duende. Finally, bar number two. Oliver. This place is always packed. Beer, please. And with it comes a delightful tapa of mussels steamed in butter and olive oil. Well, that's awesome. Look at that. That's a great tapa. Come on. This is what's different. Right. People come in here and they will eat like this, perfectly happy, perfectly content to forgo the table, come out here and stand around and eat like this. Gwen's glass of wine comes with fried eggplant and honey, which sounds to me like it's Moorish in origin. More wine accompanied by these delicious little clams. Oh, yeah. In the main event. Oh, now we are talking, yes. These langoustines, however, are not tapas and consequently not free, but worth it at any price. That's so totally awesome. Oh, we did good work here. Anything else, Tony? Should we go on? No, let's move on. All right, let's move on. As this death march of tapas continues, things start to get a little weird. This is the story of my life. He doesn't do this at home, does he? <laughs> no, no, thank God. So now I understand what you feel. Well, yes, everything. Good. Finally, a little empathy. I do like the increasingly meta aspect of this show. I should really be live streaming. Now we can really be interesting. <laughs> Finally, Bar Gallardo, just making it before closing. Now let's be honest, we've had a lot to eat and drink at this point. Some restraint needs to be shown. Little fried fishies? Dude, if you want to eat little fried, okay, fried fish. Little ones. Little ones. Then we're done. And cheese. But instead, three more beers, three more tapas. Cheese, bocarones, little fried smelts, and chuletitas, baby lamb chops. These are super good. These are super good. See, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. The idea of something for nothing. Right. It's not something for nothing. It's all... Three dollars for a glass of wine, it's something for nothing. Yeah, but just... if somebody can get the math right in the U.S., this will take off. No, never. Really? We will never have tabas torture in America. Ever. Really? Ever. You're oh, looking to change the entire day from the minute you get up in the morning in America Nap in the afternoon? Are you out of your mind? I want to be able to go down, walk to my bar. I want to have a little beer. Yeah, I want a golden unicorn that shits money. 
both of those scenarios are equally likely. <laughs> Every storybook kingdom needs a castle. Granada, it's got a good one. The Alhambra, one of the most enchanted, inscrutable, maddeningly beautiful structures ever created by man. Built on top of 9th century fortifications by the Nasrid dynasty and added to and added to as history unfolded through wars and tragedy and invasion and conquest. On the outside, it's very bare. All you see is these tiny windows, and it's projecting impenetrability. But then you come in here. Zach has gone, well, let's call it what it is, a bit mad about the place. The details, and there are a lot of them, can obsess a man. Plus, he's a cinematographer, so you can understand, once you start to really look around, how that might get a grip on a guy whose profession is the intricate play between light and darkness. My theory is that they're trying to weave nature, calligraphy, symbols. These are all inscriptions within here. Inscriptions turned into graphics. You know. Right, because in Islamic art, you're not to depict works of God. Yes, but what you can depict, and this is what this entire place is, is geometric systems. Yes. Nasrid dynasty lived here, it was a harmonious space where light, shade, water, the transit of the moon and the stars were harnessed and glorified. I think the best assumption is nothing is random. They came here and laid out everything according to... A plan, man. This was a place for reflection. Each element of design presumably intended to have effects both psychological and religious. It's really a cinematographer's paradise, because everything is about light and math. Obviously, they weren't cinematographers, but everything is framing for them. How long did it take them uh, to build this? Hundreds of years. That's why it takes so long for you to get the shot. Oh, <laughs> snap. In the builders' time, engineers, astronomers, mathematicians were like priests, magicians, possessors of divine knowledge of how the universe worked. Did they want to contemplate nature? Did they want to conquer it or control it? I mean, they were certainly trying to emulate it. You know, all their mathematics were really trying to find out how nature worked, particularly square roots and the repetition of pattern. They saw mathematical patterns in the sky and on Earth, the way water moved and rippled, the way things grew, a simple pine cone, a fern, a pomegranate. And they thought about the basic truths these things might represent. These symmetries can all be shuffled, spun on any point, and they align again with themselves. So if you stretched them out, for them, they pointed to infinity. We will understand all things. Through contemplating sacred geometry. How did nature unfold, pattern itself? Could the basic designs of nature, even if divine, be replicated in this magnificent structure? Trying to solve the riddle of God here. Exactly.
hour's drive from Granada, the Mediterranean. Unlike much of Spain's coastline ruined by real estate speculators and overdevelopment, the coast around here in Almeria is largely unspoiled. I'm on my way to a moraga, a tradition in these parts best described as the local version of a beach barbecue. Working the grill, Chef Juan Andres Moria. He heads the highly regarded El Claustro back in Granada. We're joined by fellow chef Rafael Luque and some friends. Jefe, you are killing us with some good-looking food here. Yep. Some of that simple yet magical salmorejo on toast. Oh, it's one of my favorite things. Yeah, amazing. Dried tuna, flavor-packed like tuna prosciutto. We normally put some olive oil. Oh, 100% extra virgin from Granada. Yeah, it's quite spicy and bitter. Right? Mm. Oh, that's good. Oh, so good. Mm. Spain is a beautiful country. We're not even eating yet. It's good. Ooh, uh, it's like a... Pate. Pate. De morcilla. Oh, sweet. Warm. Mas. <laughs> that is like the best thing in the world. You want to eat this, the whole thing? Uh, this? Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate. <laughs> this is the chocolate of the gods. Some grilled octopus and sea bream. Oh, and some nice pork tenderloin. And my personal favorite, a particularly delicious morcilla, fresh blood sausage. Yes, I feel some duende coming on. I could just squeeze that by I'm telling you. Sexual metaphor coming. Beautiful. Just feeling him is. Yeah. Looking good. Wow, look at that. A lot of fat. Yeah, yeah, it's quite nice. These were happy pigs. <laughs> Lazy pigs. The ones we like. The ones we really here in Spain. Yeah, the pigs and the bulls are very happy here. Control, yeah, yeah. they're not. Yeah. The moment of truth. Okay, enough of the work. Let's eat. Nice. Mucha grasa. Wow. Grasa, carne, grasa, carne, muy vetado. Mucha beta. Awesome. Great meal, dude. Great, 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 great meal. Uh, this is the dream of all the world. The dream is to live in, in, uh, in Granada, you know, work in the morning, have a one-hour nap in the afternoon, uh, at night go out and have that life, you know, go out and see your friends and eat, eat tapa and drink red wine and be in a beautiful place, you know, to have this kind of music and th this food and this kind of culture and to look out the window and to see Spain. Probably one thing, yeah. family. Yeah. Family is very, very, very important. Right, see, he did it right. He's marrying into a Spanish family in Granada. Right. It's cheating, man. Yeah, very he's smart. very lucky. I know, I know. And a smart guy. Right. Look, no one's gonna dare dream of this because this is too much to dream for. This is extraordinary. But an ordinary life in Spain looks pretty good to me. Zamboni lifestyle. Rise early, like 9 a.m., 
Then it's down to the corner coffee shop for a cafe con leche on Basel. Maybe a small breakfast like toast with tomato, pan y tomate. No more than that. Light, simple, because there will be a lot more eating and drinking today, and you want to be ready. By 2 p.m., he's made his way back uphill to mom's place. Every day, I come here for lunch. Este es nuestro momento, cerveza. Liga. And I walk in, <laughs> and she says, get us two beers. So I'll get two beers from the fridge and watch her cook. No, es que ya. Espera. Salud. <laughs> Everybody's home for Easter. Maria Jose, Zach's soon-to-be mother-in-law, and Aloy, that's dad, plus Alejandro and Pedro, the soon-to-be brothers-in-law, who you've already met. What this nice family doesn't realize is they aren't just gaining a son, but also an annoying, half-drunk, and extremely hungry Uncle Tony. And I know what happens here. Yeah, so let's... Okay. <laughs> Hamon, sitting there, ready to be carved. In España hay un refrán que dice que las buenas inyecciones son chorizo y jamón. But you know that Zach had to prove us that he was able to cut the ham before he proposed to my sister. I think that's a completely reasonable policy. <laughs> Eventually, the appropriate hour for lunch approaches. So not to embarrass you publicly, but the Maine is not exactly the Mediterranean of America. Let's put it that way. How is he adapting to the Spanish lifestyle? I mean, let's face it, he's a Maine He's more boy. Spanish than me. Really? Yeah. At the beginning, the first week, he was like, oh, I don't understand how you guys can take sister. Week after, I need a sister. <laughs> it's interesting to see how you made the transition. Cheers. Cheers. First up, this. Bacalao salad. Salt cod, egg, black olives, oranges, tomatoes, dressed in olive oil. Remember, this is Holy Week. Maria Jose is preparing recipes that go back through the family so far that nobody knows exactly where they even came from. Migas, another iconic dish of Andalusia. Informally referred to as the shepherd's lunch, as the story goes, born as a way to use old hard bread and combine all the week's leftovers. I'm told that every household in Spain has a variation. What changes is what you put on it. Today, it's sardines, cod, chorizo, melon, and peppers. Oh man, that's, that's, that's a lot of good stuff in one bowl. Yeah. So how often do you eat this well? Every lunch is like this. Every, every lunch every in your day life. Every day I'm here. But lunch is big. Big. Big lunch. Siesta. Seguro. But you can't, you know, I used to try to resist siesta and you can't do it here. Society will not accept you not taking a siesta. But that's the flow of life here. That sort of begs the question then. While I'm busy hating you for your life, how often are you getting drunk a day? Twice. One and a half. That is so Spanish, by the way. To be like, everybody would have a very distinct opinion and it'd be completely different. It's like, this is a fact. And someone would come and say, whatever. When my time comes, I pretty much want to die at a table like this. Good work, Zamboni. Good work.
So, Zach, you happy with the show? Hope I don't suck on television. Dude, I think I'm sitting with a pretty low bar. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this relaxed lifestyle, you know, lounging around, eating and drinking. and No nap is long enough for me. Yeah, life is good. I envy you, Zach Zamboni. And we're out. Nice end. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.